0: Rock Vegas, everybody. It's Glenn Rockney. Um, hope everybody's still feeling good off of uh that big 37-12 win against Denver. Um still feels great to blow a team out in the division. Um, you know, I looking back on that win, a couple days, sitting on that win, right? Every Sunday I do the instant reaction to it, but sitting on that win for a couple days, I kind of uh You kind of look at it and go, look, the Broncos aren't very good, right? They don't have the quarterback situation figured out. Offense isn't very good. Their run game isn't there. Their offensive line's not great. But that being said, when you look at what the Raiders have done, right, what the Raiders have done um, to teams that they're better than, even in the last couple years, they always play to the level of their competition, right? And the Raiders didn't play a, a super clean game, right, especially offensively against Denver. But they blew them out, and that's what you're supposed to do against bad teams. And that's the sign of a team like the Raiders becoming good is when you can blow out those bad teams. So, you know, I know Denver's bad, but it's still a division win. They're still 3-0 in the division with a convincing win over the worst team in the division. That's how you play teams like that. So, yeah, um, it's Chiefs week it's chiefs week Raider nation. Um, it's, this is, seems like one of the more eventful games against the chiefs. Like last year Raiders had a fighting chance against the chiefs, but it felt like more of a David and Goliath, you know, matchup, right. You know, like the one where David doesn't win. It felt like the one where the odds were actually stacked against them. Super big. I feel like now it's kind of an even matchup, right? This, this week, uh, it's week 11 matchup because last year when the Raiders faced off at Arrowhead, right. When they were both kind of vying for the division title Raiders were really trying to show they were a playoff team last year. Um, It didn't go well, didn't go well at all, but it, but it kind of felt like a long shot for the Raiders to win that game. Now I'm not going to say any prediction for the game uh, as far as whether they're going to win or lose, but this does feel like a much more even matchup with the chiefs. This week in week eleven. Uh so that's good. That's good. Raiders have had a really eventful week uh as far as uh making headlines, right? So half the week was spent about the Raiders' COVID list, right? Which is includes Jonathan Abram, Malik Collins, Jonathan Hankins, David Irving, Isaiah Johnson, Arden Key, and Kendall Vickers. So it's a lot of guys on the COVID list. Now, the only person to test positive for COVID was clue and And he's posted on his Instagram that he's feeling fine for now, you know, given the circumstance and that uh, he just wishes he could be out there this week. And uh, so I don't think we have much to worry about with clue and Um So hopefully he can, you know, kick this fast for his own sake and then uh, get back into football shape eventually. Cause I know he wants to play um, and he's become a pretty big part of this defense uh, this year, especially these last few games, but with the COVID list, the players I mentioned earlier, they were just in high, in kind of a high-risk contact with Cleland Furrow. So for reference, against Tampa a few weeks ago, Raiders' offensive line was with Trent Brown, and pretty much the Raiders' entire starting offensive line was in high-risk, close contact with Trent Brown, and all those guys ended up playing. So when you see that list, it looks intimidating. I know Adam Schefter's like, the Raiders' starting defense might not play. It's like, shut up. You know what I mean? That's not, that's not what happened. First off, not all those guys are starters, right? Isaiah Johnson's not a starter. Arden Key, not a starter. Kendall Vickers, not a starter. David Irving, not a starter. So that was wrong. But nonetheless, I think even conservatively, I think, what is that? Uh, hmm, probably f- six out of the seven of those guys play. Five out of the seven of those guys play because um, it doesn't seem like with the high risk exposure, that seems precautionary more so than he has COVID, right? That, that's that's not the way we need to look at that. So hopefully the Raiders get all those guys back, um, besides Cleo and Furl on uh, for this Chiefs matchup because they're going to need them. They're going to need a, a, a good rotation going, um, especially in the pass rush, right on the defensive line. Keep guys fresh. Gotta have to stop Mahomes. But also in the media this week. Uh, The Chiefs, they're mad. The Chiefs are very mad. The Raiders beat them. uh, Outplayed the Chiefs on pretty much every facet of the game in week seven. And Andy Reid and the rest of the Chiefs are really mad at uh, a bus, what, a bus victory lap around the field. Uh, There's nothing more 2020 than a bus victory lap, kind of socially distanced around the field. Uh, um, And... Andy Reed's pissed about it. He's saying, well, yeah, we didn't, you know, like it. They were taking victory laps around our field. Ah, uh, let me, I need a sandwich. You know what I mean? I, I need food now. And John Gruden responded, which, which was interesting because I, I didn't think John Gruden was going to say much to this. John, John Gruden doesn't really say much in conferences about other teams. He doesn't usually attack the other team. Right. I think sure in the locker room he does. Right. He, I'm sure he's a big bulletin board material type guy, but John Gruden then says, hey, that bus driver was talking shit. So yeah, we made his ass drive around the field a couple times. So it's kind of crazy, right? I, I it, it gets kind of crazy. It's kind of, you know... First, when I hear stuff like that, I'm like, uh, hey, John, the Chiefs are coming off a bye and they're pissed about you losing and their offense is the most explosive offense in the game. So kick back a little bit. But as... You know, things went on and on. I was kind of like, no, nah, you know what? Let's go. Like, make this a rivalry again. Make this a rivalry. Travis Kelsey's crying, too. Oh, man, the like, Raiders act like they won the Super Bowl. Oh. You know what I mean? This is a guy that dances after every first down. So, there, I mean, to me, that's rabbit ears, right? That's living rent-free in someone's head. They haven't stopped thinking about that loss since week seven take from that what you will, right? That could be a good thing for the Raiders. Could be a bad thing for the Raiders. (laughs) Eric B Enemy's like, nah, man, we're going to have Tyreek Hill returning punts. And I just want to sit back with my popcorn and watch that. Uh, okay, cool. I don't know, man. Sounds like it sounds like the Raiders are on these chiefs minds. And it, it was not always like that. Look, they've always been division division opponents since both teams have started, but I think right now the Raiders kind of earned a little bit of respect, right? I don't think you you talk this much shit about a team if you know you'll just roll over and beat them by 2-3 scores. This is a rivalry now. It's always been a rivalry, but for a while it had been the rivalry between a hammer and a nail, let's be real. Wasn't much of a rivalry. Now it's it's a real rivalry. This is a team that that recognizes the Raiders as okay, this is my challenger in the division, right? It's not going to be the Chargers. It's not going to be the Broncos. This is my challenger. So it's nice. It's nice that the Raiders aren't just one of those like, hey, you know, hey, let's who we got next week, right? Let's roll over these Raiders and and you know, put 38 points on them, 40 points on them and and try to make sure everybody's healthy and then who who do we got next week, right? Not anymore. Raiders are 6 and 3 with a win over the Chiefs and they could easily do it again not easily but it could happen so what does that mean right for this for this game plan that i expect the chiefs to have against the raiders right the the i think the chiefs are going to respect the raiders defense this time right and this is mahomes with the ball i think last time against the the raiders the chiefs kind of thought all right mahomes is going to hold the ball by time the raiders coverage will break down There's going to be a huge parting of the Red Sea. And it'll be easy money, right? Because they don't have a pass rush and they can't cover, right? That's the way the Chiefs approached the Raiders, right? We're not worried about running the ball. We're not worried about these screens, nothing like that. Raiders won't be able to stop us. We're going to make them beat themselves on defense. Now, that didn't happen in week seven. So I expect this time that Patrick Mahomes might take what's there, right? Might take the the four or five yards that's in front of them rather than sitting there hoping for the 27 yard big play to Watkins, you know, the big shot down the hill to, or down the field to Tyreek Hill, um, you know, down the seam to Travis Kelsey. I, I, I think he's going to take the check down. Right. Which, you know, that's, that's not good. Right. Cause the Raiders, if one thing, the Raiders really have not improved on at all is their tackling. They're missing a lot of tackles. Now, if I'm playing the Raiders, I as much as I want to attack them deep, if I'm if I'm playing against the Raiders, I'm going to make them tackle underneath because they really have not shown that they can. All right? They they even last game against Denver, they were still missing a lot of tackles. The first guy wasn't bringing, you know, the ball carrier down right away. So I expect the Chiefs to kind of adjust their game plan and be like, "Hey, we're we're playing a legit NFL team." But also, that's not really you know. That is their game, but it's not really their game. And, and I think if the Raiders can set the tone early, like with some physicality, cause it's going to get chippy out there. You're going to, you're going to see some, you know, after the play, the number 50, offsetting penalties, such and such, you're going to see that. But I do, I, I really think that, that the chiefs, that the chiefs are going to actually bring out a real game plan, right? Not just backyard football against the Raiders. And I hope the Raiders are ready for it. They've been playing okay defense. They've been playing okay defense, but the competition they've been playing has not been the same. Right? There is not enough. There, I mean, there is no offense like the Chiefs in the NFL right now. Nobody has that kind of you know cheat code offense, right? So the Raiders are going to have to are really going to have to you know. I don't think they can duplicate the performance they had last time. I I don't think they're going to get home on Patrick Mahomes as well, you know, hurry him as much. I think they're the, the Chiefs are going to get rid of the ball, especially with the Chiefs uh, tackles. Chiefs tackles have kind of been missing some days this week, right, on the COVID list as well, the high, high exposure COVID list. And without your tackles, I think you're going to see more screens. I think you're going to see more short routes, um, you know, yard plays designed to get yards after the catch against the Raiders uh, rather than Mahomes playing hero ball, right? Uh, just running around, running around, oh, blindfold, uh, pinata throw at uh, at somebody on the sideline. I don't think you're going to see as much of that. The Raiders proved they could stop that at least at least one time. So now on defense, right? So this is where I'm actually the most intrigued, right? Because I think the Chiefs on defense really underestimated the Raiders' offense last time they played. I thought they didn't see Henry Ruggs as a, as a finished product yet. I thought they were like, Oh, we could leave somebody one-on-one with him, let him run down the field. I thought that uh, Nelson Aguilar didn't gain the respect that he needed or that he, that he deserved from their defense was able to make a play down the field. And I thought they, that the chiefs broke down against the run game late in the, in the game and I'm wondering now if if the Chiefs are really going to respect that deep ball now because the Raiders have shown they can win with the deep ball against these teams. They've shown they can they could chuck it down the field. And I'm I'm I really I've been saying this a lot lately, but I really want to see the Raiders get back to that short game because I think they're more physical, right? I know Alec Engel, kind of hurt, but I like those those plays to Alec Engel where he's one on one with the DB. You know, you throw it to him short and he he's it's it's him versus a corner that cannot tackle him. I like those little angle routes to Josh Jacobs. Especially the one against Denver last week, Raiders were backed up like it was first and 15 or second and 15, something like that. He runs an angle route and he gets like 13 of those back. I I still don't think the Chiefs are going to be able to stop the Raiders run game. Maybe in spurts, but. I, I think the Raiders are going to be able to run the ball on the Chiefs because I do think the Chiefs are going to respect that deep passing game a little more, and I don't think they're going to be able to load the box. So as long as the Raiders have a plan for Chris Jones, right? Because you can't let Chris Jones wreck the game. I don't think the linebackers can cover Waller, right? I think they're going to key in on Waller as well as the deep threats, but I don't think the Chiefs have a plan for for all of that. They can't cover all of it and work Renfro, you know. What about Hunter Renfro? Every game, it seems like Hunter Renfro makes one huge play and then he's kind of forgotten about. And I'm not really sure that there's a team that can cover Hunter Renfro for four quarters. He's, he's too shifty, too clever, too quick, and really good after the catch. I mean, he's the punt returner on this team. now. So I think the Raiders being able to spread the ball around Let's hope they do, but the Raiders being able to spread the ball around, it makes it tough to game plan against them. As long as John Gruden's not predictable in his play calling, which this is around the time, if you flip the calendar, when that happens. You'll remember I had Marcus Johnson on the show um, earlier before the season we talked about uh, John Gruden. That's actually a really good episode, even though we've played, you know, over half a season of football. If you go back and listen to that, it's very, very interesting. Um, talking about how Gruden offenses kind of fade in November and December. So that can't happen against these Chiefs. And another thing that can't happen against these Chiefs are the drops, right? So in the Denver game, you win 37 to 12. There were three touchdowns that were dropped. And then a punt return that was called back for a penalty that was unnecessary, right? Whether it was a good call or bad call, it was an unnecessary hit, unnecessary penalty that really didn't influence the play. You had the Waller drop, the Aguilar drop, and in my opinion, it's a drop on rugs, right? That ball went right through his hands. All three of those could have been touchdowns. The Chiefs are a team you have to catch all three of those. I'm not saying the offense needs to play perfect, but you cannot have those bl- that blatant of a mistake against them because they'll make you pay immediately. Immediately. So drops have kind of been a thing. I talked about it on the last episode. It's not a, a crippling part of this team yet, but it's definitely something that's been creeping up, kind of a concentration type thing. Maybe people's eyes are getting too big. The good news is they're winning these one-on-one matchups. The bad news is you got to catch the ball, right? Got to catch the ball. And the Chiefs, you cannot make multiple mistakes, especially when that's basically six points in your pocket. Now, another thing the Raiders are going to have to do is shuffle the offensive line again, right? All year, that's been the thing. Tom Cable, like I said, he should be here as long as Gruden's here. That should be his offensive line guy. But who's going to play right tackle this week, right? The Raiders should be getting Colton Miller back this week. I, I think it's not confirmed. Still, you know, a little bit limited at practice. But I'd like to think at least he'd be able to give it a go this week. Incognito doesn't look like he's quite ready. Yet. I, I, I would venture to guess. He he came back to practice, but uh, I still think on that Achilles, I, I think, like Gruden said, there's good days, there's bad days. And I think they're going to wait till it's all good days to bring him back. It'll be a very nice addition when that happens. But last week Colton Miller doesn't play and Brandon Parker steps in for Colton Miller. Look, we're all critical of Grant, Brandon Parker, but he played well last week. You know why Brandon Parker? He's a natural left tackle. And look, he hadn't been good at either position for a long time, but it looked like he was coming into his own at left tackle. Now the problem is, is Colton Miller plays left tackle. These guys were taken in the same draft. I was talking to Marcus Johnson about this. How are you going to draft two left tackles? In rounds one and three, usually you want to go left and right for this reason. Now, for a lot of people, they think offensive line positions are interchangeable, right? I, I think left tackle means you play left tackle. Right tackle means you play right tackle. You're not a Swiss army knife in that opinion. A lot of ta- guys can play left tackle, left guard, right tackle, right guard. Like Guys can, can move move around center and guard. That, that can happen. That's not unheard of. But left tackle and right tackle, being a swing tackle, that's like being ambidextrous. Being a pitcher that could throw with both sides. And I don't think that's fair to say that Brandon Parker can do that. And Now I, I think, we look, Sam Young's questionable probably, but I think Sam Young is less than questionable if he's any good or not, right? I think we know the answer to that question. He's not. So what do you do about this situation? Is it Brandon Parker, a right tackle, where he's shown he hasn't been good? Or do you go with the undra- or I mean, I don't even know if he's undrafted, but Patrick Omame. Patrick Omame got 13 snaps last week against the Denver Broncos and played well. He played well. Look, 13 snaps, it's not a whole lot. But he played well. And maybe he's more of a natural right tackle. If I had to guess, I think Gruden's going to go with Brandon Parker. He's been here, knows the system a little bit better, but I'd be interested to see this Patrick Omame, especially if it doesn't go well early for Brandon Parker. I'd be interested to see. He graded out really well per PFF, and, you know, I I noticed – he came in and played well. And this is just my, you know, I'm not a film expert, but I I can, I can tell when an offensive lineman is at least not looking like a tire fire at right tackle and at right tackle, Brandon Parker didn't look good. Sam Young didn't look good. So let's give some looks to Patrick Omame, right? You've been shuffling around with the offensive line all year. This could be Tom Cable's magnum opus, right? I just pulled this guy off the street. Patrick Omame, who's heard of that? So it's interesting. We'll see what happens on the offensive line. Um, it'll be nice to get Colton Miller back either way, though. If he comes back, I feel a lot better with him going against Frank Clark than Brandon Parker, even though Brandon Parker did a nice job against Bradley Chubb. Frank Clark, Frank Clark is a really good pass rusher. So with the Raiders' uh, run game, I, I was mentioning that earlier. And uh, I, I think that they'll be able to blow the Chiefs off the ball if they really want to. I, I think the run game is is working so much better than it was in Week 7, right? Week seven, it took that Devontae Booker, you know, explosive run to really get that run game going. And even then it it still seemed kind of arduous to get the yards. Um to get these yards. And and these last couple of weeks, it, it's it's just seemed like it's all been opened up. Right? I think teams haven't been able to load the box as much against the Raiders because they do have those downfield threats. They have Waller, Renfro, and Carr's playing really well too. So with this run game, I just before I get into the run game, right, I, I think it's an integral part of beating the Chiefs because I think it's a way to really, really push them around and control time of possession and score some points. But I think we owe John Gruden a lot of credit. I'm very critical on this, pro, on this podcast. I'm really, really, really critical of John Gruden, his play calling, decision-making, time management, you name it. But one thing this guy can do, he could pull a run game out of his ass, right? The Raiders have had an effective run game, in my opinion, since he's come back. And they always had him, had a productive run game when he was here for his first time. Look at his first year back with the Raiders, right? 2018. Doug Martin, pulling Doug Martin off the couch. And Doug Martin wasn't great but he was able to get a pretty decent run game on a really bad team, bad offensive line, you know, and, and Devontae Booker this year and it's, it's really impressive what, what he's done. And, and just, it's like almost like a Mike Shanahan type situation where, you know, look, I'll I'll put it to you this way. Mike Shanahan never really overvalued the running back position because he knew he could get production out of that. And if you listen to the conferences when Josh Jacobs was drafted, Josh Jacobs, that's a Mike Mayock guy, right? I know John Gruden obviously loves him now and probably loved him the minute Mike Mayock showed it to him. But I don't think John Gruden in his head wanted to take a running back in the first round. That's just my take. I don't have any way to prove that other than the fact that Mike Mayock was the first guy to show John Gruden the film on Jacobs and said, look, I just got back from that national championship game. Josh Jacobs, this guy's a monster. You're going to love him. Gruden had to be talked into that. That year he was going in with Isaiah Crowell as a starting running back. I'll bet you right now, Isaiah Crowell puts up numbers, good numbers. Like me grabbing him off the waiver wire in fantasy numbers. Like, whoa, got to stash this guy. And I think you're going to see that from a lot of fantasy owners now is you're going to be stashing those Raider running backs, right? If Jacobs goes down, you're going to stash Devontae Booker. You're going um, <laughs> to... This run game... John Gruden's really good at it. Tom Cable's able to put together a, you know, jerry-rigged offensive line. And John Gruden could put together a running game that doesn't have, you know, stars in it. But now Josh Jacobs, in my opinion, is a star. And this running game is going to be key to beating the Chiefs. Key to it. Especially when you get down to the red zone. It's going to be nice to be able to run that ball in on first down, right? Foster Moreau has been incredible blocking, right? When they go big in those in those big heavy tight end sets, right? 13 personnel, 12 personnel just just tight ends on on the ball. Witten, Moreau, even Waller's been getting in there getting good blocks. And that's what you're going to have to do to the Chiefs, right? It's a rivalry game. And why not set the physical tone early with this run game? So another thing I wanted to uh to say and a, just a couple more things on the defense, right? On the defense of the Raiders. Travis Kelsey, what do you do on Travis Kelsey? I, it just feels like every game, Travis Kelsey, right? Raiders win or lose. Travis Kelsey always finds a way in the end zone, always finds a way to convert third downs. What do you do? I remember a few years back when the Raiders beat the Chiefs, and I want to say it was the uh, – the it wasn't overtime, but I think it was at the end of regulation, the the kind of nail-biter win against uh, against the Chiefs on Thursday night football, Crabtree, the game winner. Um, Bruce Irvin, right. It's not a name we want to hear too often, right? We're not, nobody, nobody wants to talk about Bruce Irvin in 2020, but Bruce Irvin, that game plan, that game was him just smacking Travis Kelsey, every playoff, the light of scrimmage. And I think somebody's going to have to do that. Right. Cause there's one thing about Travis Kelsey is he's really good, but he's not tough. He's not a super tough, gritty guy, kind of a finesse kind of guy. One of the best tight ends in the league, but I don't think toughness is his game. So get physical with him. Right. And that's one thing I like about this young Raiders secondary and the linebackers is they're real physical, right? Speaking of, you know, the young secondary, Damon Arnett, right? I thought he was pretty good last week. He was able to run down the field step for step with Judy on a couple uh, of reps last game. And um, it gives a lot of versatility to this defense where you can play Nevin Lawson in the slot where I think Nevin Lawson is really good is when he's in the slot. He did great on KJ Hambler last week. But also, they're limiting Arnett's snaps a little bit, so you could still have Lawson on the outside. And I agree with BD Williams. I think Nevin Lawson, you know, we don't... I don't know if I like him as much as BD says, but I, I do think that Lawson is is better than a Daryl Worley, right? We're not looking at at guys like that. You know, remember Raiders, Chris Johnson, number 37. Well, that's not what Nevin Lawson is, right? He's been burned on a couple plays, but he's also made a couple really nice plays for this team. Doesn't get interceptions, right? He, I don't think he ever has had one in his career. But the fact that Arnett's back, I think you can move those guys around, um, especially Lawson. Maybe have him on the slot if Tyreek Hill's in the slot. I think that's, that's a better matchup for him. I think Nevin Lawson has a chance to be the best slot corner on this team right now as of week 11, 2020. So that'll be nice to have that. I mentioned earlier that Cleveland Furl was out. Cleveland Furl is going to be missed bad in the run game. <clears throat> but the good thing about the run game is that the Chiefs don't have a very good one right now, right? It's not. I know Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, he is a good running back, but I just don't think the Chiefs' run game is very good right now. I don't think their offensive line gets a lot of push. Um, they don't lean on it that much either, right? I mean, they'd rather throw to their running backs. They have Patrick Mahomes. They have a $500 million quarterback back there. You're going to be trying to stop the pass game of the Chiefs, right, to beat them. And I will say, even though Cleland Farrell is definitely coming around as a pass rusher, he's definitely getting a lot more pressure. I know he doesn't have a sack this year. He's getting a lot more pressure, winning a lot of reps. Some might say he wins one-on-one better than Max Crosby. Some might say that. But um, yes, Crosby finishes the deal a whole lot better and has incredible hustle plays. So that's not a dig on Max Crosby. It's more to elevate Cleveland Furrow. He's winning a lot more in pass rush. So he's going to be out this week. But another guy that's been playing pretty well the last couple of weeks is Carl Nassib. I think Carl Nassib has been good the last couple of weeks since Trump lost. Hmm, I don't know. But <laughs> with Nassib uh, and Arden Keep showed flashes last week too. I think in the pass rush, they're going to be okay. If you remember Arden Key did a nice job spying around on Patrick Mahomes uh, in week 7 and maybe that maybe that's how Key gets used a little more. But I think he's going to have to be used as a pass rusher simply because Furl's not playing. So I do think that that the Raiders are going to be able to at least replicate Furl's pass rush. Maybe not, you know, be better. I, I'm not saying that at all. And lastly, man, I think, I think we're going to see a shootout. I think we're going to see a shootout here. I think we're looking at a classic game. This is going to be the one that the NFL plays on replay all week long. I think we're looking at a classic game. Sunday night game. Please don't move the game. Please don't move the game. Look, please, let me get Sunday night Raiders football. Might delay the podcast a little bit, but that's okay. I like a nice Sunday night game. Collinsworth and Michaels, my two favorite announcing crew, my favorite announcing crew in the game. You know what I mean? announcing my favorite team in one of the biggest rivalry games. So I think this is gonna be a really good game. I, I can't predict a win. I just can't predict it, but I, I'm not predicting a loss. I just think it's gonna be one of those games where, look, like I said earlier, do the Raiders drop passes in this game, or do they do they catch the ball? Do they play a clean game? I think it's up to the Raiders to be to win this game. i don't I don't think that the Chiefs are head and shoulders better than the Raiders. Now coming off a bye, Andy Reid's eighteen and three. Coming off a bye, um, that's not—it's not ideal. It's not a good time to play him. So, nonetheless, I, I think that I think that the Raiders should be able to compete with this team, at least for a good part of the game. And I think the rivalry is going to be even, get even more heated up after this game. It's going to be one of those ones. I, I, I hope this becomes the new Steelers Ravens, right? Niners Seahawks, that, that those games where everybody stops what they're doing to watch that game. But now I want to pump the brakes, right? Preemptively. I just, I just want to do a little damage control preemptively. Should the Raiders lose this game, right? In a close fashion, right? A couple plays don't go their way. They lose the game. It's not a deal breaker. It's not a deal breaker if that happens. It's going to suck, right? You don't want to lose against that division uh, in a division opponent. You don't want to lose against the chiefs kind of might make the division pretty tough to win after that, but it's not a deal breaker for the Raiders being a playoff team. This is not a, this is a game I really want to win and they really should win. And if they're a great team, they will win, but it's not a must win. The Raiders have given themselves a three win buffer right over 500. Um, I don't expect Cleveland to stay good all year. I don't, I think they're a better team than the Indianapolis Colts. And look, if the Raiders are six and four after this week, it's not the end of the world. You have Atlanta and the Jets coming up. So you really should be able to beat those teams, right? And I'm not trying to look ahead. This is this, this is the rate. This is Raiders versus Chiefs this week. But I understand how we all tend to be. I'm almost saying this to myself right don't overreact enjoy the game get into the rivalry but just know that it's one game it's just one game and I, I the m- closer we get to game time the more I'm convinced that the Raiders can give the give the Chiefs hell man no idea how the game's going to turn out but I expect a big time shootout a classic game so I'd say for, for me this week guys uh Raider Nation, I hope everyone's having a safe week. It's kind of crazy times in the world right now, so everybody uh, just just stay safe, do what you need to do to be safe, um, and keep a roof over your head, and uh, just enjoy these this escape we get on the weekends for uh, for Raider football and uh, just the rest of the NFL as well. Um, I'm Glenn Rockney at Glenn Rockney on Twitter. Um, thanks to everyone who's been listening. Look, the numbers go up every week. It's fantastic that, that people listen. I, I, you know, the word of mouth definitely helps spread around. Um, thanks to everyone who retweets this podcast, shares it, um, tells people about it and uh, checks it out for the first time. Or if you've been here since the beginning, you know, thanks. Thanks to everybody. Uh, it's really good. really holds me accountable and um, I really enjoyed doing it. So, uh, and the Raiders have been winning since I've been doing it. So why the hell would I stop? Right. So uh, subscribe to rock Vegas on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, Um, I also have another podcast called rare candy. Um, we've been doing some real fun stuff there. Um, kind of more of a, like a lifestyle politics, kind of theory, you know, philosophical type podcast. Um, and we just have a bunch of fun on that too as well. And, uh, so if you want to check that out, that's with my good friend, crypto Um, the YouTube channel is called rare candy and, uh, you could, you could follow us on Twitter at rare candy pod one. Um, yeah, that's it for me guys. Let's go Raiders. Um, I'm trying to do a podcast that Sunday night. I can't guarantee that I will, but it will be out by Monday. I will, I will imagine Monday night, maybe Tuesday, just cause the game's a little bit later. Uh, so we'll see, but, uh, Hey, I'm gonna do my best to get a, get an episode out to you guys. Thanks again for listening. All right.